This podcast is sponsored by Jabra Enhance. How are your hearing aids sounding now? A little tinny. Okay, two seconds. With Jabra Enhance Select's premium package, better hearing doesn't happen in a doctor's office. It happens at home. All done remotely from initial testing to adjustments. How are they sounding now? Fantastic. You get the same advanced hearing aid technology and professional support you expect from a clinic at a fraction of the cost. And if you have any issues, we'll make adjustments seven days a week. No charge. Oh, you people are wonderful. Our premium package includes hearing aids, three years of follow-up care, plus a three-year warranty with loss and damage coverage, and a 100-day money-back guarantee. I hear better than I ever thought possible. And now, for a limited time, save $100 when you order Jabra Enhanced Select Hearing Aids with promo code PODCAST. Go to jabraenhance.com and our promo code PODCAST to save. jabraenhance.com code PODCAST. For eligible individuals 18 and older in 50 United States and Washington, D.C. with mild to moderate hearing loss only, audiology team may not be able to program hearing aids for some types of hearing loss. See website for details and important safety information. Hey guys, Greg Scheinman here with you. It is another week, another Midlife Mail podcast episode. I've got the amazing Cody Jefferson joining me on the show today. But before we get to Cody, I am super excited to tell you that the Midlife Mail, a no BS guide to living better, longer, happier, healthier, wealthier, and having more fun in your 40s and 50s which includes more sex and what guy doesn't want that, the book is now available finally for pre-sales. You can head on over to Amazon. Just type in the Midwife Mail, Greg Scheinman, either one. You're going to find the book there and you can order it. And the shipping date, I believe, is 11-1. It goes live. There is a hardcover version. There is an audiobook version. You can get it. You can buy it right now, and it will be on your doorstep on 11-1 from Amazon or wherever you buy your books. And you can keep checking back at midlifemail.com for updates. Continue to subscribe to the podcast. Get my newsletter dropped in your inbox every Sunday. And right now, for free, you can also download a copy of my No BS Guide to Maximizing Middle Age uh, for free. You can download that and get that right away to hold you over until the full edition of the book gets dropped off right at your doorstep by the wonderful people at Amazon. So thank you so much for your support. None of this could be done without you. All right, let's talk about the amazing Cody Jefferson. Cody helps good men become great and have it all in life, love, and business. Cody's a flat-out stud. He grew up in the church world. He has traveled the country speaking, influencing, leading, singing from 40 people to over 40,000 and has found a home on the stage. He's a tremendous father. He's in peak physical condition. He has completely worked from that feeling of, of success or looking like success to truly feeling it and sharing it with men around the world through his coaching programs, through his speaking, through his writing. In 2016, he walked through a very public divorce. He became a single parent. His younger brother went to prison. He has buried close family members. He has been in a hospital bed and septic to turn his entire life around. 
realizing that it wasn't the life or legacy he wanted to leave for his son. He built Embrace the Lion and created the four pillars of Embrace the Lion as he was fighting to put his own life back together and become the man he was called to be. Asking the question, what needs to die in me to become the man I'm called to be? And we're going to unpack that and so much more on this episode of the Midlife Male Podcast because Cody is now the guy that seven to 10 figure founders hire to continue scaling without sacrificing their souls on the altar of their success. I talk about living your message all the time. Cody leads from what he lives. So let's get to it this week on the Midlife Mail Podcast. Stetson's dad joins me on the Midlife Mail Podcast. Perfect. Cody Jefferson is here. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you. It's it's an honor to be here. Man, this is a, a pleasure and a privilege for me as somebody who has kind of followed you for a while now, somebody I see out there truly leading by example and living his message, you know, out there. Um, it's just, it's just super cool for where I am in my life also to see other men out there kind of doing the things that you're doing that feel relatable, but also extremely aspirational and just letting, letting guys like me know, you know, what's possible, you know, and what's probable if you're willing to do the work, man. So thank you. Again, uh, I've, likewise, I've been following you for a while, following your story and following, you know, your, your podcast and, and the people that you've interviewed. I've got some mutual friends that you've had on your show. And so again, dude, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. It's going to be a good combo. So, terrific. One of the things I always like to ask first, um, cause here we are around noon, you know, mm-hmm. what does your typical day look like? Take me through your, your program, you're candid and you're transparent. You post a lot about it, but for those who are not seeing it, you know, each and every day, what does a day for you look like from the start? Yeah. So it depends on the day. And I think that's the fairest way to kind of start this conversation. So I have a coaching and consulting company. That's one thing I sit on the board of for other companies that I'm invested in. So that's another thing. I'm a dad. That's another thing. Uh, I have an amazing significant other. That's another thing. Um, I travel and speak uh, quite a bit. So that's yet another thing. So we've got all of all of this swirling concoction uh, of hats that I wear. So any given day. So depending on, uh, we'll say the work day is contingent on uh, the, the hat that I'm wearing. So I try to not mix any of my board meetings with like coaching calls. Like if I'm, if I'm on board, then I'm on board. If I'm in coaching mode, I'm in coaching mode, but we'll say that, you know, I typically wake up between five 30 and six. Uh, listen, I, I give gratitude every single morning. Uh, I snuggle with my significant other for, uh, for a little bit. I let my dog out. I make some eggs I look over my day, make sure there's no fires that I need to put out, look over the agenda, look over my emails. Um, if my son is with me, because I were 50-50, his mother and I, uh, we split time week on, week off. And so if he's with me, that's one thing. If he's not, that's another. Again, so that's, again, another hat. So if uh, and school, is that's about to start again. So that's another hat because I sit on the school board. I'm on the PTA. So um, wake up again walk through that little morning routine, make some eggs. If it's school, drop him to school, then I head to the gym. If I don't have him, uh, I head to the gym. And I work out and I come back and I work. 
I don't have the, uh, you know, 50 bajillion things that I do before 6 a.m. to ensure that I'm, you know, winning at life. I do a few key things uh, that have ensured that uh, I stay on task and stay on target. Mm. From there. Yeah. So from there, nine to nine to three, I'm in and on companies. Uh, three o'clock, I usually wrap up. Uh, that way I'm done for anything that my son would need, present for my family, uh, check all the boxes off of everything that I need to accomplish for the day, make sure that there's no, you know, T's that are not crossed and I's that aren't dotted. So I'm fully present. It doesn't mean I fully shut it off. You never really fully shut it off, but I'm at least able to not worry about anything, not really think about much. So I'm fully present uh, through the afternoon, uh, you know, picking my son up from school, hanging out with the family, doing the things that we we do. I love the 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 candor and the reality on, you know, I don't have this, you know, 15 things that I have to go through to start my morning, you know, and everything else. But you yeah. also do a few key things that are there. I am curious because I think there's a lot of white space between that. And I think there's become this, yeah. this almost like prevalent belief that unless I have this insane morning routine, you know, right. that I get up and journal and meditate and drink water and get in cold and sit in hot, you know, and all of the, like, I can't be successful yeah. unless I spend two hours preparing my, you know, winning the morning to right. get into my, to my day. But what I like about this is, and I'm curious, you know, on those feel, what are your non-negotiables with this kind of entire pie chart that you just described? Yeah, How sure. many slices make up the pie, you know, of, of Coney Jefferson and what you do. Yeah. What are some of those key non-negotiables, whether it's a board meeting or having that, yeah. hey, these are the things I don't vary, you know, I don't vary from. Right. Well, so anything that's in my day and on schedule, obviously we're not going to vary from. So there's no deterrence from that, uh, pending some sort of family emergency or something. Like my day is my day. Uh, I'm able to operate at a maximum efficiency because my day is planned out. I know exactly where I'm going. And so one of my non-negotiables is knowing where I'm going. So it's been said that, uh, you know, a, a man without purpose is a ship without a rudder. I know where my companies are going. I know what my trajectory is. I know what our goals are. And I know what that takes. So reverse engineering that, I know every day what we need to do, what I need to do, what my staff needs to do, what other, you know, C-suite needs to do. Like I, we, we all have very, very clear outlines as to what is in front of us and what's on the table. Because of that, I don't, under, I don't procrastinate because I know exactly what to do. I don't get emotionally attached to outcomes. This is who I am. This is one of my core beliefs. This is who I am, so this is what I do. It's not emotional. I do these things every day and it ensures that I reach the next milestone. Likewise, I don't try to also fit 50 pounds of stuff into a 20 pound bag and try to win some sort of metaphorical race. Slow and steady, consistent over time. Right. Well, maybe not slow, but consistent and steady over time. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that wins the race. So I know exactly what I'm supposed to do every day. I know exactly what it takes and what it takes for my team. Um, on the front end of that, again, I, I wake up when I wake up. I don't set an alarm, but I've been waking up for the same time since I was a kid. So it really doesn't. Um, I don't need an alarm. Uh, as far as my morning, again, I don't try to stuff a bunch of things into my morning. I used to. I used to wake up at 4 a.m. And I would run the whole gamut of two hours of meditation, reading, journaling, cold plunging, uh, all, all the things, because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I recognize, I'm like, this, this is no more efficient. And I'm actually less fulfilled because I don't really understand why I'm doing all these things, other than the fact that somebody told me that I needed to. I would much rather wake up in gratitude 
run down a list of things that I'm grateful for every morning, reach over, grab my significant other, hold her and, and tell her I love her, wake up, let my dog out, right? Have my son wake up, be able to spend time with him, make breakfast together, right? And as I'm eating, look over my day, share with him. Hey man, this is what I got going on today. This is what your dad does. This is what he's doing. This is how it's changing the world, right? What do you mm-hmm. got? And having that conversation in a very no stress environment, because I'm not worried about everything that I have to do and cross off a list. I've already done it. I've already looked over my day. It's already been planned. I already know what I'm supposed to do. Those are my non-negotiables. Create as low stress as possible for my home. Help my under, help my son learn and understand that money isn't hard, that success is relative, and it's what you make it. And you know, being a man of integrity is keeping word to yourself. We're going to cross-collateralize around these six Fs, just because I can tell by the manner in which you're talking. And they're sure. all connected. You know, I say all yeah. the time. They're, it's it's holistic. People say like balance. Balance doesn't ex- balance for people like us doesn't exist. What we have is a prioritization of schedule and the things that we value. But you can't tell me to turn certain things off and compartmentalize because that's not healthy either. Not for people like us. Because mm-hmm. we don't live in an environment where it's always, I mean, it can be stressful, but it's stress that we choose. So we don't, have to, we don't get to become a victim to it. I, I think the, the, the best word in there is choose. You know, and I think that we forget a lot of times that guys forget that they have a choice again, that there's also not one way to be successful. And we're going to kind of get into the, the metric of success, especially yeah. as you accumulate wealth and success and you sit on boards, there's monetary success, but you talk sure. detail about your health. You've talked about, you know, mental health, just picking up the guitar and playing, snuggling yeah. with your, I mean, we keep running down this list in all of these, these areas yeah. uh, and all of them, are our success mm-hmm. 100%. in terms of what you prioritize and kind of yeah. maybe which day you prioritize it and where it fits in to right. what the schedule and everything looks like, you know, I think that's where it gets really, it gets really juicy. And I think from the outside looking in, it's hard sometimes for guys to see, okay, I get the why. Like I get why your son is so important to you, Cody. I get why snuggling with your significant other is so important to you. I get why making money is important to you, speaking, changing the world. But where I get hung up is is on on the how. Like what you're describing sounds, again, it sounds wonderful, holistic. We should be able to do it. But wasn't, aren't I supposed to be hustling and grinding and like really working 24-7? And like, when do you do the writing? I see you doing the speaking, but like- all of all of the, when the guys when guys come to you and so many of them do and you speak to them or you work with them one on one, where where do you start? Is is there like a, a singular starting point or is it really kind of individualized on a case by case basis? Well, we start with a few very basic questions. Who are you? Who are you? What do you want? And what are you doing to get there? Right. From there, we ask why is it important. Then I want you to detail every 15 minutes your schedule for the next week. I want you to tell me everything you're doing. Like it or not, I want to know. I want to know everything. I want to know when you wake up. I want to know. I want to know. Like, I want to know. Are you watching porn? I want to know. Are you napping here? Are you drinking here? Are you wasting time here? Are you scrolling social media here? I want to. There's no judgment from me, but I just, I want to know and I need to know because I can't help what you commit to hide. Right. And so we have to be very, very truthful here. 
Because you can be honest with yourself, thinking that you're working hard, but being honest and telling the truth are two very different things. Because you can be honest up to your own level of awareness and what's effective in your life towards getting what it is that you say that you want. So if I can take a look at what you're doing, I'll take, tell you what you actually believe and what you actually value. And then from there, we recalibrate your schedule because most of us are wasting way more time than we think we are. Doing all the things that I do requires a team, right? So we, we, we do the things that we want and we it costs us one of two things, time or money. I make money so that I can get my time back, which means that I will hire people to do the things that I don't want to do and that don't necessarily move the needle forward in an income generating way, which is what I'm best at, right? So that I can get my time back. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, my schedule is only, like it is only prioritized by the things that bring me value and help to dictate and define success as it relates to who I say that I am. So you look at my schedule and it will reflect, this is, this is who I am, so this is what I do. And that's where we get our guys. Like, listen, I, I want you to remove the emotional constraint around all of these things that you do right now. Like, we just have to look at them as a metric towards getting what it is that you say that you want and becoming the man that you say that you are. So we have to answer the question of what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I'd be. And a lot of times, right, that's ineffective habits and ineffective ways of thinking. Just because your dad told you that business is hard and money's hard and life's always got to be a grind and the hardest worker wins, that's not necessarily true. It can be true to you and it can justify a lot of ways in which you show up in the world and fill up your schedule and create tension at home and overwork and exhaust yourself to try to prove yourself to people that don't really care about who you are or what you do because they're too busy trying to justify themselves. Or you can say, ah, you know what? That belief doesn't actually serve me. I'm going to give you my schedule and let's actually create a framework that gets me what it is that I say that I want. Mm, show me your calendar. I'll show you your priorities. Mm. Yeah, I'll show you what you believe. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And I believe that, look, you should be able to pick it up and show it to somebody at any given time. And it's right. <sighs> there. Okay. I know it's important to Cody. I know it's important to Greg. I can see it each day. I can see it each day. And, and, yeah. it's, and it's scripted right out there. It's reflective. Was there a particular tipping point for you in your own life where you said, okay, um, I'm about being of service or I got to get my shit together. I've got to make some change because what you've created and developed and now put out there is, and we talked about you living your message. It's a lifestyle. It's this holistic measure of success that is all encompassing of all areas of your life. And you've become masterful in prioritization and structure and delegation. What I retain, what I hire out. I mean, but was there a particular tipping point yeah. Even if it was a series of events that led you to say, okay, I, I can make this systematic, you know, for myself. And then I also can help people with it. Yeah. So I was, I was a pastor for 13 years. And the hard part about this, I started when I was really young, I was 19. And I didn't know my identity out of, outside of how I could perform or how I could add value or how I could be useful. And a lot of men are that way. We equate our self-worth with how useful we are in marketplace. And that becomes very tricky when your job is God. (laughs) And in 2016, uh, due to a a, a string of traumas that I experienced, a lot of loss in my family, I, I went through a divorce 
and uh, I'm still I'm still occupationally in ministry, still pastoring. Um, lost eight family members and friends. Um, had three pastor friends take their own lives, and but it's still showing up, still doing the thing, still you know showing the smile and working 18 hours a day and being all things to all people because that's what I thought I had to do, and I, and I I wasn't taking care of myself. I thought I was, but I wasn't, and ended up going septic. Uh, hormonal shutdown, thyroid scramble. Um, I lost 25 pounds in the matter of like four days. Mm. I was supposed to die. Like I, I was supposed to die and I didn't. And uh, I remember walking my, you know, like IV tree into a bathroom after waking up after three days. And I looked at myself, I'm like, all the hospital visits you've made. And this isn't an indictment against anyone. It, it was just a realization. Like, all the ways in which you've sacrificed everything on the altar of some success that you thought would be realized. Nobody's here. Nobody's here. So is this the legacy you leave your son? I didn't know my dad, but apparently he worked himself to death. Apparently a lot of people thought he was really useful at a lot of things and he wore a lot of hats. And so it was that moment in recognizing that I made it. I had other friends in ministry that put guns in their mouths because they, they couldn't handle the pressure and the stress of trying to just be all things all people and show up all the time and, and not be able to say no and, and not know how to create the balance. And as I started looking around in the, jo- the, the, the business sector, I recognized that this was a pattern as well. And that was when I asked the question, okay, well, then what needs the dying to become the man that you said you'd be? And the problem was I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was outside of what I did. I didn't know who I was outside of a husband. I wasn't that anymore. I didn't know who I was outside of a full-time dad. Well, I wasn't that anymore. And I'm stepping out of ministry because I, I, I feel this call like I, I need to do something different. And I, I, need to, I need to create something for myself to save my own soul. But if I'm not a pastor anymore, and that's all I've done my entire adult career. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know who I am, who am I now? And so I had to define, okay, well, who is this man that I say that I'm becoming? What values does he embody? Who is he? Who is he as a father? And I I look at my own father and I say, okay, what are the things that I want to take from him? And I want to emulate. What are the things that I want to do differently in all of the men in my life? And I created this guy. And as a result, then, if this is who I am, then this is what I do. I didn't start out saying, well, cool, I want to run, you know, a multi-seven-figure company, and then I want to be on the board of four seven-to-eight-figure companies, and I want to travel the country. That wasn't the thing. But as, as this grew, I started saying, you know, that is me. That is me. That is me. All I've known is stages for the past 15 years. This is me. This is me. Well, if this is me, but I'm not here yet, well, then how would that future me exist? So that's what I have to do now. This is who I am. This is what I do. That was the turning point. And everything since then has just been a series of habit structures, relationships, and alignment to a vision that is ever evolving. Greg here. This is what I'm looking for in a protein powder. I want a clean, easy to digest, light, satiating, healthy protein powder that helps me build lean muscle, reduce my cravings, support gut health, keep my mood and energy level high, improve my recovery, and it's easy to digest. Human Improvement Protein is that product. And I have tried a lot 
of protein powders over the years, and I have landed on human improvement because of the clean ingredients and the way I feel and the way I perform. It is organic cricket powder, pumpkin protein powder, organic brown rice powder. There's some organic fermented yellow pea protein powder, all natural vanilla flavors, dairy-free coconut, flaxseed, little pinch of pink Himalayan sea salt, some monk fruit extract, some MCT powder. It is a new sustainable way to protein. Check it out, buyhigh.co. Use promo code MIDLIFEMAIL to save 15%. And as you were alluding to, I mean, I call this a little bit, you know, aggregate, curate, eliminate. You, know? yeah. you aggregate from everything that's yeah. out there. You know, we look at people, whether it's our, our, our fathers, and I'm sorry to hear about your father. Mine passed away when he was 47. You know? mm-hmm. And I was 17. You know, and a little bit about unborn, you know, shared experience with with imprisonment of my brother. You look at other family members you sure. know, that are out there, businesses that I had been in, you know, mm-hmm. identity. You know, your identity was tied up in a preacher. My identity for years was tied up in working for guys like Harvey Weinstein and with Michael Eisner. And it was like, who the fuck am I? You know? yeah. And yeah. I don't have those names associated with me or you want to go out there and and make some changes. And then you get down to curating, I think, of what really works best and who you really want to be. And you yeah. kind of define. And then you've got to eliminate everything that doesn't work, that doesn't serve you anymore and isn't serving. But yeah. And that's hard for a lot of guys. That's hard for a lot of people in general to eliminate relationships that are no longer useful because we feel like we owe them something or that it makes us a bad person. Recognize you're, you're, you have today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We have today. So if somebody isn't, I don't even, they don't even need to be helping me move forward towards something, but if they're not helping me grow or bringing about positive energy and feedback in my life, if, if there's no accountability here, if we're just sitting down at the bar to talk about what we did 20 years ago, because, you know, I'm, you know, uh, close to 40 now. So it's, you know, if we, I have no desire for that, but a lot of us get caught up in those cyclical patterns and the cyclical pattern of reminiscing over things that have gone by and opportunities that we missed. If we're not interested in the opportunities that are in front of us, I'm not interested in the relationship or the conversation. Totally with you. And I, and, and I appreciate also that we are kind of the sum of the, of the five brightest people, you know, people that we spend the most time with, so on. And so totally, totally get that. What I want to unpack a little bit here, because I think it's, it's super interesting. And I think, again, a lot of guys struggle with this is, does this mean everything we do has to be productive and have kind of, you know, an end game about making us better or, Hey, Cody, Greg, do you guys ever just like go out with a couple of guys or hang out like, and say, it is, you know, it is what it is. Okay. You're not in the room with, with Ed Milet, with Andy Brissell, you know, you're not every minute is spent with the super high performer trying to get to the next level, you know, and have you ignored, turned your back? Cause I hear a lot of this, turned your back on start, said no to everybody else that doesn't help you serve you, getting you where you want to go. And Hey man, like it's a bit much, like we live in a community You've got, I'm sure you've got a son. I've got two sons that we talked about. We've got other dads, our kids play ball with, you know, or go to school with, you know, or, and there's, there's a poker night, you know, or there's a PTA thing, as you mentioned, or somebody just wants to have lunch or dinner and you want, it adds up, man. And it can eat away at that time. And that freedom you spoke so much about, and they're like, how do you say no either politely, or how do you level up to that? I don't have five guys, Greg, that I think are, you know, five yeah. rungs ahead of me. 
They want to let me in the room. Yeah. So I would say that my situation is probably a little different because those are my close friends, the the guys who are doing big plays. That's that's what we do. And those are my best friends. And we talk every single day. And we may not, I live in Oklahoma. Some of my closest friends live in Dana Point, California. The mm-hmm. others live in Orlando, Florida, and the others are in Scottsdale. So we're all over the place. So we host events together. We do things together. I fly out just to hang out, just to BS, to surf, to take our kids to Disney. We do a lot of life together, but it's all integrated because we'll do life together. But then we also want to talk about, we talk every day about what's going on in life and business every single day. And it's always a movement forward. And it's always a celebration. And it's always an accountability. Like it is a consistent, you know, iron sharpening iron. And how do I say no to, I, I get a lot here of the people that want to pick my brain. Hey, can I, can I pick your brain? And I just have, I, I have no problem protecting my time because for so long I had no boundaries around my time as a pastor and anybody who wanted it, got it and who suffered as a result. I missed my son's first steps as a result. I won't do that again. I will not sacrifice everything I love on the altar of some self-perceived success of influence. It won't happen. The impact that means the most to me happens inside the four walls of this house, period. End statement. And I will not be apologetic about saying, hey, man, I get you want to pick my brain on some things. I get you want to get coffee. Totally respect that. Right now, my time is very limited. If you have a couple of questions you want to shoot to me, I'm happy to send you a voice memo back. Right now, it's a Stetson week. Next week, I'm traveling. It's just not, there's no space for it right now. You know what's one of the most impactful parts about it? Why do we, no, just why, like, why do we have, why is there a need to feel guilty about moving forward? Uh, This will be useful if you'll, can I have 120 seconds? Absolutely. Perfect. So you think of relationships as a string. So if, if you're watching, uh, you'll see me doing this, but if you're not watching, okay, I think about my, my hands are shoulder width apart and my fingers are pinched and I have a string in between each of my fingers. Okay. And, and, and I'm pulling it tight. And as, and this is relationships, this is all relationships. And so relationships are good. So long as they stay on the same playing field in the same level. When you start to grow, you start to move up. That doesn't mean you're above anybody. It just means that you're growing, right? So you're just moving in a different direction. Well, so long as the other person is growing as well in whatever capacity or direction they want, usually that relationship can maintain because you're both, you both have something to talk about. Well, I'm growing here. I'm growing here. Great. We're both growing. That's amazing. Let's talk about it, right? And let's celebrate each other. And this happens a lot spiritually as well. But if somebody wants to camp out where they are and they want to hold on to that belief system, whatever it is, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. This is who I'll always be. Something as trivial as like losing weight is hard for me or, oh, you're big time now or, oh, you believe this. I don't believe that. Like what happens is you continue growing so that that line gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. There's only one of three things that will happen. One, you'll stop growing because you're so concerned about the 
the tension between this relationship that you will thwart your growth to stay comfortable with your current friend circle. I see this all the time. Guys not earning more, not being more, not becoming more because they feel like a jerk because they feel like they can't talk about it because their guys give them a hard time like about how they're growing. So they stop. Or you continue growing to the point that it becomes a visceral snap. And it creates a fight and, and you see this in families a lot. The healthiest thing we can do is we say, hey, listen, I'm going to cut this line before it snaps. That way nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets injured. I love you. But walking in love sometimes is just walking in a little bit more distance, period. Mm, so, so good. By the way, not only do you get 120 seconds, you get as many seconds as you want, actually, because okay. it's, because it's exactly what what you are, what you're here for. A couple of things as you were talking that also landed landed with me. One, yeah. the relationships that you have and the geographic boundaries. You know, yeah. this is something that or, or that I think is actually wonderful, you know, right sure. now. That the home field advantage in a way is is gone for for everything and that we can have relationships, close relationships with people all over the place. Have the ability to even connect like this, pick up the phone or jump on a Zoom or see him, or as you said, make actually time that we put on our calendar as almost a reward to ourselves or something that we need to go hop out to Dana Point, you know, to go to go surfing, to go hop out here. And then it also, I think, allows us because sometimes our our best, closest friends, people that we confide in, rely on, and that are super successful we're able to do it because they're not right next to us sometimes taking up also a lot of our other time. So you can go, you know, right back to work on your big goals and your boards and you're speaking and you're doing it and say, I'm going to connect for a few minutes on the phone today, but next month I'm heading out to Dana Point and we're going to catch up for real and surf. I, I think there's something really interesting um, and dynamic about those types of relationships. And over the last five years in particular for myself, as I've experimented with this, some of my best, closest, most impactful and productive relationships are not with the men that are closest to me geographically. 100%. The ones that are closest to me in their, in their lives in terms of, again, whatever you want to call family, fitness, food, finance, fashion, fun, we right. have the most in common. Mm-hmm. And we're also focused on achieving everything it is that we want, want to okay. achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And the next thing I want to say, and I'd love your, your take on this too, to the guys out there, as you talk about that have struggled with the boundaries and also maybe outgrowing their relationships whether they're professional, personal, family, have to cut that line. Yeah. How those guys can break in again to the newer types of relationships, the fresher ones, the more positive ones that they that they want. I'd love for you to talk because I know again, you have opportunities. There are lots of opportunities out there, whether it's to work with other guys, join different organizations. And I yeah. think a lot of guys get hung up on. Again, they don't know where to start or how to start or what to join, or they read all these books and listen to all these people, and then they get paralyzed even by that, and they never pick a horse, you know what I mean, to, to get into yeah. something. Well, I think it's, or you can, there's, you know, six ways a Sunday to, to get involved with other guys. Uh, there are masterminds, conferences. I think where to start is, is probably the most uh, overwhelming for most. Uh, I would say, you know, all of us are online, all of us 
are typically looking at, you know, five to 10 guys that we think, man, there's something in their life that, that is, that is worth emulating. And that's why guys come to me, right? There, there's a certain balance uh, that they see in my life or a certain prioritization, a certain ease and, uh, uh, a lack of distress in my life and an overwhelm of joy and abundance and gratitude. And I do, I do several things. I do more than most men and I have literally zero stress in my life. And so you look at me, right? Uh, and so I'm just using myself as an example because we're on this show. Today. So you think, okay, cool. Like he was a pastor. Maybe we believe the same things. He's covered in tattoos. So maybe he's here at a party. He seems pretty cool. Uh, okay. He coaches his son in wrestling. I really like that. Uh, he travels, he speaks, seems down to earth, looks like he works on bikes, looks like he works on cars. Man, this is a guy that that I would, it doesn't use a ton of profanity. I kind of appreciate that. So it doesn't look like he's approaching the guys who are kind of a, like reached their bottom and they're trying to come up. That's not us. We're good men focused on becoming great. So like my mastermind, like, dude, we all, we have events together. Some of us vacation together. Um, it is a network of business owners and high-level executives who are focused. On, we have four pillars, head, heart, health, and habits, right? Focused on becoming the greatest version in whatever iteration that is and wherever that deficiency is currently, right? And, and so we hold each other accountable to that. We celebrate often, and it's a really, really great time. We do focus on body. We do focus on mental. We do focus on spirituality. We do focus on relationships. We do focus on finances, right? The financial game is a big piece for us. Why? Because money solves problems. People are like, well, money doesn't solve all your problems. I'm like, you don't make enough because it actually does solve most every problem. And those that it doesn't solve, right, we get to the bottom of and we create uh we create a growth mindset uh, around that. And so, but then you've got other masterminds of guys, right? Who might be a little bit more aggressive and in your face and use a little bit more profanity and want to call you out a little bit more. That might be your wheelhouse. There are others that take a more militant approach and want you to go through a you know three-day experience where they put you through like Navy SEAL training, even though they've never been in the military. That's fine too. I just think if you want to do that, go join the military. Don't fake it. Um, there's so many things that you can, there are people who are, you know, uh, super woo and like, you know, want you to do like sound baths and go through medicinal journeys and connect with like, like buzzwords right now, like divine masculine and all that stuff. That's cool too. I'm not knocking there. There's a, again, there's a lot of different ways you can do things. I'm a simple guy from Oklahoma, right? Like, and I just get to do a lot of really cool things for a living. So for me, I'm going to always be very approachable, but I'm also going to be hopefully the guy, one of the top five guys in shape in the room, top five dressed, right? I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, but I'm also not going to be the dumbest. And so that's where I like to camp out. Mm, so, so good. I think, you know, where it really is, is it's about authenticity. Yeah. Being exact, you know, being who you are, being unapologetic about who you are, the things that you're into, you know, living that way and saying, look, these things are important. Let me tell you something. I agree with you. Money is very important. Does it solve every problem? Does it buy happiness? No. But if you're a genuinely, I would say this for a while, if you're a genuinely happy person, uh -huh, yeah. I can tell you an extra million dollars a year is going to make you a you know, it's gonna It makes make, you even happier. It's going to make you be generous, right? Like, I, our company gets to do 10 to 20 times more in, in various outreaches than my entire church did. 
yearly. That's insane to me. And as somebody who, who values that kind of giving, like, that's a really big deal. And that makes me really, really happy. Being able to be present and have a flexible schedule so that I can be at every event of my son, so that I can coach him in wrestling, so that when needed, I can coach him in baseball, so that I can be homeroom dad because I am, so that I can be on the PTA. I'm the only dad on PTA. Like, so that I can be on the school board. Like, all of those things matter to me. That's success to me. And you know what creates that? Not having to worry about financial liability. It, it's spot on. And we were talking before like we hit record on it. We were talking about, hey, look, you do a ton of podcasts. You do a ton of speaking. You're out there writing. Okay, what do we want to talk about? Maybe that's either you know, either different or doesn't get talked about a lot. What have, what have these guys talked about when we're together that's really top of mind that we want to pay attention to? And we were starting to talk about about the definition of, of success. And you just started to touch on it there about, Hey, I am a dad, you know, and I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a multifaceted entrepreneur with my hands in a number of different things. You touched on people pulling on you, creating of boundaries. Okay. That definition of success. And now you brought the freedom that financial security brings in. And on the other side, I've seen other guys fall into the, the opposite because of it. They're successful. They have the money. They think it's all going to be gone tomorrow if they get up from their desk mm-hmm. and go to their kid's game, you know, or be there. There's always a reason, again, not to yeah. because they've built up or they've over-indexed to such an extent. I was like, you're just not very good at automating, delegating, and eliminating. You're not a CEO. You're not a good CEO. You're, you're, you might be a good manager. Correct. Or And then maybe I'll take it back to like, kind of designing and becoming kind of the CEO of your own life, not just the CEO of, of your, of your company. What is it to you as the the being a parent and an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and kind of how you see that and how, even again, your circle sees that because again, I'm a parent too, who lost his father at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I also wrestle with sometimes how much is enough, you know, also. How much money, how much freedom hmm, in there, in the equation? Yeah. I think it's relative to everyone. And I think one of the mistakes that we make is we try to tie success to someone else's definition. My definition of success is different than some of my best friend's definition of success. Where they want to see their companies go is different than where I want to see mine go. How we show up in our families, uh, it can look different. And we have kids that are different ages as well. Right? So, so that evolves and changes. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, I have specific numbers, right? Which is far less than some, probably more than most. <laughs> um, but I have certain numbers that, that keep me in a, a zone of, continually investing of continually taking care of the things that I need to take care of and not really having to worry about anything. Right. Do I need an abundant excess? No. So I'm not pushing for that. I know what my numbers are and I know what I want. So that's what I push toward. So again, remember this starts with defining what you want and getting very, very realistic with that. Like what, what is the lifestyle that you want? What is the frame of stress that you want in your life? 
What is the relationship that you want to have with your family? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does your day-to-day look like and feel like? Mm-hmm. All of that does revolve around the amount of revenue that you want to generate with a company because again, like the profit Biggie Smalls did say, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> right. So we do have to recognize you're like, hey, smoke Oklahoma, you know some rap. Listen, multifaceted is what I'm saying. Um you define it. For me, I built my company around being a dad. And for some that would say, okay, well, but I'm in a career or I'm in sales or I have a job. I don't have that luxury. Understand this isn't a luxury. You have things that I don't have. You probably have a matching 401k. You have insurance that's provided. You have a study check. You have all these things that are guaranteed to you because you have a job, which is mm-hmm. why you chose a job, right? Like this wasn't a sexy thing for me when I jumped into business. I was flipping Harleys. I was doing graphic design. I was building websites. I was doing haircuts because I've been a licensed barber for 20 years, licensed mechanic for 20 years. Like I was, I was doing 10 different things to get my, my business off the ground. And it was tough. I had a mortgage. I had child support. I had insurance. I had bills. I had all these things to pay for. I didn't have the church salary anymore. So it's not that it's easier for me. On the contrary, I've taken far more risk than most. But I took that risk in a calculated fashion, wrapping it around my identity as a father, not my identity as a business owner. Hey, guys, Greg here. Last year at 49, I made the decision along with my physician and my family to go on TRT. I was lacking energy compared to where I used to be. I was not recovering the way I used to, wanted to, and needed to in order to maintain the lifestyle I live. I was also stressed, anxiety-ridden, and frustrated. And it wasn't about my lifts in the gym or aesthetically the way I looked or even about sexual performance. It really was all about energy, energy to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them with who I want to do them with for as long as I want to do them the way that I want to do them. It's about waking up with energy and going to bed tired, the good kind. And I had lost a lot of that. And I had carefully been tracking my progress throughout the past couple of years. And after researching various options, providers, and services available, I went with Hone Health and I started to feel like myself again. It's about being the best husband, father, and provider I can be for as long as I can be. And I simply wanted to have my energy, acuity, focus, smile, and health back to where it was and where I expect it to be. I believe in what Hone is doing every day, what they've done for me, and what they can do for other midlife males to help them live better, stronger, healthier, and happier lives. If you're interested in learning more about Hone Health, go to honehealth.com forward slash midlife mail to order your at-home test and consultation and save $15. So important that that kind of comes out because I also think what, what people tend to look at is right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, the stage oh, we're, we're, beyond so the Rolex, the, the great shape, you know, the, the bro talks, we're going to get into some of this stuff. The guy looks unbelievable. He's on the top, you know, at the top of his game. They see that. Mm-hmm. And I work and make no mistake. 
I work hard for it every single day. It just doesn't create the stress in me because of boundaries, clarity, mission, and focus. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's the work that went into everything to get you where you are. And now I'd even argue that, speaking for myself, I'm working harder now yeah. And I have worked probably almost ever in my life, even when I've had other companies that were my own, but even yeah. when I was a partner in a larger organization and a, and a, a smaller cog in a, in a bigger wheel, I'm working harder now, but feeling far more energized. Um, well, you're focused. When yes. you're focused and you know exactly where point A to point B is, and you may not have the exact roadmap figured out, which is why, you know, people would hire you or hire me to help figure out the roadmap because we've we've been where you're trying to go, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to short again, right? You're either paying for it with time or money. You invest and we shorten the time, or you don't invest in any type of outsourced mentorship or coaching or accountability, and you take longer time. Either way, like you're you're spending something. Mm-hmm. And so when when you have that clarity and you understand where you're going you can you can maximize your energy expended right in a shorter amount of time people ask me how do you again how do you get so much how do you fit so much into one day i don't waste time i know exactly what i'm doing i know exactly why i'm doing it i don't procrastinate i'm not on my phone there there is no distraction for me i know exactly what to do for the next 7 hours and I'm done. I know what to do for the next four hours and I'm done. I think that there is this misconception that kind of successful, carefree, not looking, you know, not having stress or anxiety looks one way, which is again, kind of unplanned, you know, in a way I just go with the flow and do it where the truth is. And the reality is it's very structured. It's very scripted, very planned, which is how I actually am so relaxed stress-free and have reduced my anxiety tenfold. When I was yeah. at the buck and call of let's say 200 other people right. pulling on me, earnings, you know, calls, these things and everything else, high stress, high anxiety, not in control as much of my own schedule, my own life, my own calendar, being yeah. able to pull it back. And I'm not saying you have to quit your job and start a company to go do this. Sure. I'm not saying that at all, mm-hmm. but you do need to know where you're going. You do need to know what's important. There are some great advantages as you said, having a 401k, health benefits, a good role, but you also have to design the rest of your life and what's important to you around those parameters and boundaries and make sure, again, you're not ignoring your responsibilities as a husband, as a father, so on and so forth. Right. So you can get back to a position of clarity and, and reduce the stress and anxiety. Cost benefit. Cost benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can look at what I do, like there are costs to that, right? There, there's, there's, a liability that I take on that you may not take on, right? And so the benefit is you don't have to take on that liability. The benefit to me is I get to design design what all of this looks like. And I can create a fairly stress-free life by hiring the right people, putting the right team in place, automating as much as possible so that I get my time back. So I have far more time than you. But again, I assume the risk. You don't. So the cost to you is you don't have as much time freedom and it might cause you distress because you feel like you're stuck. Are you? Again, 
without assigning any emotional attachment to you, we have to recognize everything we're doing is a choice. Everything. Like we take that so personal. Well, you don't know my story. You don't know this. Bro, I grew up in a single bedroom trailer. Very low income. I didn't come from anything. I started over in 2017. It's 2022 now. Like I I pieced together eight different things to make $4,000 a month to meet my monthly burn in 2017. My 2016 W-2 was $33,000. Like everything's a choice. Mm-hmm. I didn't so, come from anything more than anybody else. I mean, look, that lands hard. There's that silence even between. Well, because you know why? Because why is because accountability that isn't asked for always feels like a threat. Mm -hmm. And that's the place again that that guys need to get to. That's the stuff you need to hear. That it is not an overnight success. Now, look, the window between 2016 or 2017 and 2022 is pretty short. Meaning, like that's a okay. In in all, listen, God's done a work. I'll tell you that. Oh yes. However, okay, the life experience from, from you know, year one to 2016 for you yeah. is also what accelerated 2017 to 2022. Believe that too. Being able to say what you just said, being yeah. able to sit there in silence for a second and go, oh, that's the shit that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see today, but let's go back to eight things yeah, done for basically 23 out of 24 hours in the day, totaling yeah. the four grand that helped me get to the place where I was and how many years that I have to do them, you know, or, right. you know, Cody, let me walk me through that or Greg, walk me through, you know, the last three years of your business when, oh, I didn't realize you were working Saturday and Sunday also writing podcasting, spending your, like taking your paycheck and rolling it into this other thing, you know, that was going on, you know, to create this hockey stick kind of thing where you're down there and you, at some point, if you continue to do it, you can actually see the hockey stick go in the right direction after finally. And that point, maybe it gets fast or feels fast. There's a momentum to it. It doesn't feel fast. I mean, approaching 50 right now, it hasn't really felt fast to me. There are parts that feel like they're speeding up. There are other parts like, okay, let me tell you a real story about how long it actually took, you know? <laughs> sure. sure. And yeah. I feel like I'm just getting started, right? Like I'm, I'm 39 and I feel like I am just getting started. Uh, I in, think you're going to feel that way again, as I, not to speak for you, but I think you're going to feel that way as you approach 50. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, hey. because I think you- that's the goal though. I Like, I think that there, I think that's the goal is to never feel like, man, when is this going to stop? It's like, okay, cool. Like, like I can't wait for forties because thirties, man. Thirties, you're crushing 30s it at thirty nine. How much? That's, like how much better are you gonna feel when you're forty? Because I say this too. Like if you're crushing it at thirty nine, almost I can't wait to say that I'm forty because if you think I'm crushing it at thirty nine, when I advertise forty, I'm really gonna look like I'm killing it. You know, when I oh, advertise fifty, right? and I think that it's this empowerment yeah. and it's this fuel and this energy that, quite frankly, like. Whatever I know, I, I we have ideas of where we're going. We talked about that. You got to know where you, where you're going in a destination. Yeah. But the enjoyment and the energy of the journey and the work that we're doing right now, to me, is the most exciting aspect of it. Waking up energized, going to bed tired, the good kind. Looking at the calendar before I go to bed, looking at it as soon as I wake up, knowing exactly what's there. 
Mm -hmm. And trying to help as many people as possible feel the same way. Because look, I didn't feel it for a long time. And and the way you've described, like a lot of, you've been through a lot of trauma, been through a lot of experiences. I didn't get it for a while. And so for for the guys listening, like, and I, I love this tag team that we're doing. For the guys listening, you have to be able to separate your emotional constraints. You are not going to feel like it every single day. I do not feel like it. Dude, I went to the gym this morning. (laughs) I did not want to be there. But this is who I am. So this is what I do. Am I going to keep my word to my identity? Or am I going to let my feelings win out? Because feelings come and go. People are like, are you happy? I don't know, some days. Are you sad? I don't know, some days. Like, I feel those things, but I'm not not those things. So I'm just me. Like we, we are, we're so quick to try to tie emotions to things and everything has to feel emotional and be emotional and have some emotional significance. If you can remove that from most things, the reason that I've been so successful outside of the relationships that I've cultivated and the skill sets that I've developed is my ability to remove emotional constraints from decisions in business and in life. I do things because it confirms my identity and it confirms where I'm going. That's it. It doesn't need to be anything more, right? Like, I is there a tactic? Is there one tactic? Because that's a me. I'm an emotional guy. Uh, dude, yeah, bro. I, listen, I'll. We just watched some pets movie, like superhero pets or whatever. I'm. I cried like three times during that movie because there's something about like acceptance and being a part of a community. Like, I will get him. My son will say something to me like he's proud of who I am. Gone. I'm out. Like, just waterworks. Right. Same here. I'm an emotional. Guy. Those things are fine, but business is not emotional. Business is simply metrics and numbers and KPI and OPP. Hey, you know me. It's. It's not, it doesn't care whether you're happy. It's like your subconscious. It doesn't care whether you're happy or sad or rich or poor or anything else. It's just metrics. True. A lot of our business now though is personal mm-hmm. in the manner that we're having conversations and dialogues like this one with other sure. men or sometimes sure. hundreds of men or thousands of men out there listening, you know, to you. Mm-hmm. Detaching emotion, even in yeah. terms of how you say to someone, when we talk about preparation, consistency, accountability, things like that, being able to not be emotional about this is a call you said you were going to be on. Okay. You didn't get on the call. You know, you said again, you were going to exercise today. You said when you talk about kind of helping guys level up, yeah. detaching the emotion, you know, from, from that or as the guy himself who gets emotional about, should I, shouldn't I? Oh, he talked to me this way, or he told me that, or held me accountable, or I got called out. Do you have a tip or any way to kind of, as cleanly as you said it, like business is not emotional. Like here's something you can do to maybe when that emotional sensor goes off and your guard goes up and yeah. you take it personally or, or you get affected. Yeah, ask yourself, what am I taking this shit so personal? If you're 30 pounds overweight and I tell you to stop eating like an asshole, like th- these are the macros you need to stay in. These, this is your cal- this is your calories you need to stay in. You need to drink a gallon of water a day. This is the routine you need to follow. Either you do it or you don't. It's not an emotional conversation. You can take it emotionally and you can feel like I'm, you know, well, you're being hard on me. Not, it's just facts. Like these, they're just facts. You can have feelings, but these are facts. Well, my business just isn't moving forward. Okay, well, show me what you're doing in your business. And if you can show me everything, I can tell you, okay, cool. Well, here's where your marketing is off. Your sales process is busted. Your fulfillment sucks. So we need to look at these three key areas and we need to start with one. 
right? We need to start probably with looking at the fulfillment and we need to see like how we can get your current customers to be retained. And then we can start marketing. Once we market and we see that we have an influx of lead and deal flow, now we can focus on your sales process, right? You're so emotionally attached to how you've always done things. It's not an emotional conversation. These are just three metrics in your company that we need to focus on and look at differently, period. Mm -hmm. Why are you getting so emotionally attached to this? Why are you emotionally attached to the way that you've always done things and the way that it makes you feel? Period. So that's a lot of what we like. Is it useful or is it not? You're always getting in fights with your wife. Why? Why? Is it because you need to be right? Is it because you grew up in a certain way where your parents fought a lot? Is it because your dad was overbearing? And so it's not that you want to be overbearing. It actually creates a lot of consternation internally for you because you want to be a certain way, but you continue showing up this way and you continue blaming your dad and you continue saying, this isn't who I want to be, but you're not doing anything different. So when I tell you, do these things, I don't care how you feel about it. Do these things differently and you'll create a different result in your life. And eventually over time, your subconscious will catch up with you and that will become the principle, that'll become the least path for your subconscious to travel down. And that's what you'll start to believe about yourself. And you'll, this will be a common, this will be a common habit for you right now. It's not. So it's going to feel different and your brain's going to try to talk you out of doing these things and going back to the old pattern saying, well, this isn't you. This is actually you. Don't you remember where you came from? You start getting emotionally entangled with it. Stop. Why? It's not useful. Do these things. So one tip, ask yourself, why am I so emotionally connected to this decision, to this accountability, to this input, and to this change of habit structure? Perfect your morning routine with AG1 by Athletic Greens. That is how I start my day each and every day. Now, I get asked about my morning routine all the time, and it does change from time to time, but AG1 has been the constant since 2010 for me. Every morning, 20 ounces of water, one scoop of AG1 to start my day on a positive note. It has replaced an entire cabinet of supplements for me. And this latest iteration, that's the thing I love about AG1 is they keep making the product better. This latest iteration covers a multivitamin, multimineral, prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, greens, and more. So I feel healthy and strong throughout the days, months, and years. When I'm traveling, I never leave home without their travel packs. And now, Athletic Greens is offering midlife male listeners and subscribers an exclusive deal. You get a free one-year supply of liquid vitamin D plus five travel packs with your subscription purchase. So log on, take advantage of it, and enjoy Athletic Greens AG1 every single day. Now I got to ask you some of the personal stuff because I'm interested just as a learner. Oh. Awesome. That's so, so you didn't want to do the workout today. You didn't want to go to the gym. What was the workout? I'd love to go. I, I want to just dive in a little bit on kind of what your program looks like. Oh, so it's different every day. Okay. Uh, so I'm a functional athlete. So I, I'm like NASM certified. I'm a CFO. Well, like I, I love working out. Um, and so for me, it's, it's different every single day. 
Um, so I don't have, I just, I know what body parts I'm going to move that day. Right. So today it was 20 minutes of stairs. Oh, and also side note, you want to get friends with me real fast, go into competition with me in a healthy way. Even competition I didn't know existed. My buddy, I, I, Justin, uh, uh, he works with a company called Clients Community. He, uh, he sent me a MyZone in the mail, which is this little like heart monitor that you put under your chest. You know, track, okay. it gives you points. All I want to do is win. Like that's like, as an athlete, that's all I want to do. So like, Dude, it is it has been rocking my world. It's so fun. There's an app that goes with it. So this morning uh, and most mornings uh, or most days, I'm gonna do 20 minutes of some sort of steady state cardio, whether that be walking on an incline or that be jogging or that be stairs. This morning it happened to be stairs, and then I just went and crushed my legs. So I mean, we're talking, you know, hack squats, um, barbell squats, deadlifts, um, goblet squats. Um, uh, leg extensions, leg curls, calf um, extensions, and then burning out with kettlebell swings, burpees, and abs. And then are I you a home gym guy? Do you have a training uh, partner, or you go out to the gym? So, so I do two a days, and okay. so I always have. Um, I'll do outside calisthenics, so that's mostly going to be body weight and kettlebell, and I also have like a power station, which is you know your your dips, your pull ups, mm-hmm. uh, your your leg lifts. So I'll run circuit out there and I'll get my speed rope in as well. And then I go to the gym and that's where I strength train, but I, I I'll do cardio a couple times a day. Uh, I love being active. I love being fit. Again, my son's seventh in state in wrestling and uh, I'm just proud of who he is because of who he is, but I also got to get that in because I'm <laughs> proud dad. Um, so I want to be the dad who doesn't gas out when I'm on the mat with him uh, or, you know, high school's in there and and I want to give some high schoolers a run for their money. Um, I want to be the guy, I want to be the dad who's not overweight on the sidelines, yelling at my kid at how he needs to do something because I did it, you know, 20 years in high school or college. No, I'm going to be on the mat showing him how to do it. And when I go to the schools and, and I'm with my son and I, I want to be the dad who you know, is in the best shape on the little league field, not out of some sort of arrogant need to prove anything, but because I'm wanting to show these young men, right. What success in every area of life can look like. And I'm honestly, dude, I'm wanting to inspire these dads as well. Like I got some of, some of my, my dads on, on our teams and I'm, I've got a lot of guys in network that are dads at the school. Cause I'm very involved at school. Like, man, you want a program? Let's go. You, you need me to tell you calories real quick. Yeah, that's fine. I've been doing it so long. I can, I can just share it with you. Not a big deal. Um, I don't go, this is not a conversation of like, I'm going 120% every day. I listen, I'm I'm not that I'm not that influencer that tries to bullshit you and say like you gotta go five thousand percent. Uh no, dude, I'm I'm for consistency. So I'm I'm operating at around 85%, like my my zone. I want to stay in my 85% elevated heart rate. I want to stay in my yellow to red for about 30 minutes, and then I want to do my strength training and I'm strong. I'm good. Like that's mm-hmm. my goal. So sustainable every single day, even when I don't want to, it's not like I couldn't take a rest day. It's not like I take rest days on Sundays. They're just active. So we'll still go on walks. We'll still, you know, throw the baseball around. We'll still do stuff. I'm just not weight training, but it's more of a, this is who I am. So this is what I do. If there's no shame around it, if I don't, there's nothing that it's just, this is who I am is what I do. Like if I don't do this, what else am I not going to do today? 
it's ingrained in your lifestyle. It's just it part of your lifestyle. It's part of my jam, dude. Like when that time hits and I'm not on the way to the gym, I'm like, no, this doesn't work. I got to go. <laughs> I know it. I feel it. And as, as you were speaking and, and you can hear the emotion there too, about getting on the mat, being able to do the things still, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I identify with it. And again, like kudos, like so good, good for you. Like as my boys have gotten older, it was, you know, loved coaching, loved being able to take the mound, loved being able to still hit the ball over the fence. Like we, you know, I want these guys to see just like you did. You want them to yeah. see the kids, the dads, everybody that it, again, it's not only possible, but it's probable. If you I'm like, let's go let's, guys, like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, it. Absolutely. And how much, and how much enjoyment, how much fun it is. And I know it doesn't come naturally or easily to everybody else too, sure. but, but there is something about prioritizing your health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is, that is so, and I really look, I love, quite frankly, I love getting asked about it. Absolutely yeah. love getting asked about it. Yeah. Not from an egotistical standpoint, like you were saying, but just the pride of actually caring. Like yeah. I enjoy doing this and I care. And when somebody yeah. asks me what I do, like, I'm happy to share it with you. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. know, in, in there, um, do you drink the question and, and uh, what do you, and what do you eat? Occasionally. Like maybe a couple times a month, like socially, like if I'm speaking or something and we're all out and we're gonna have a drink, fine. Um, and so that would usually be like a vodka tonic. Uh, if I'm at home and we want to have a nice glass of wine, we'll do that. If we're on a date night and we want to have a glass of wine, we'll do that. Um, but it just is not really useful. Like it's fun on a social level, but like, I don't want to feel gross the next morning. Um, I don't like being out of control. And there was a season where... Uh, towards the end of, of ministry, when I was experiencing all that loss, like I was drinking at night just to go to sleep. And so I recognized like, Ooh, this could, I can see how this could become a problem. And so for me, I, it's just not useful to who I am, where I'm at. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want my son to see a dad who always has like alcohol in his hand. Uh, again, there's no judgment towards it. I don't have judgment for anybody towards anything. Like I just, Mm-hmm. I've been around, I've been, all I've done is, is leadership for, for 20 years and walk with people through every season of life. So I, I just don't have judgment for people. I understand people are where they are. And, and so long as we're looking to make a, a move in a positive direction, a more useful direction, like I'm all for it. Uh, for me, it's just, it's just not a useful, you know, it's, it's not a tool for me. It's not, it's not useful. Um, again, socially great date night. Great. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's, I just don't want to feel foggy the next day. I work out of, even when I travel, I'm at the, you know, hotel gym and I'm getting my workout in every morning. So if I'm grogging through that, I, I have too much that I'm responsible for, um, for it to make sense. Mm-hmm. Do you actually follow kind of diet? Do you count macros? Do you, 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 or do you track anything specifically? Or at this point, do you know yourself so well <laughs> yeah. to kind of have like a thing that, Hey, I know it works for me. Yeah, uh, I'm. I can eyeball and know pretty much what my calories are. Usually around you know two thousand to twenty three hundred a day. I'm not a big guy. I'm five six. I'm about one seventy five. Um, about seven percent body fat. Kind of camp out there and live there. Um, I've stayed that there for a number of years. Um, I am probably eighty five percent meat. So I'm heavy on the meat-based diet, uh, mostly red meat. So I'm in Oklahoma, so I know my butcher and I know my cattle rancher. I've got a half a cow in my freezer right now at about 600 pounds. 
Um, so I eat a lot of red meat. I eat two eggs and a half cup of egg whites every morning for breakfast. You know, so I don't eat a lot of vegetables. Um, no real, like no aversion to them. I just don't really think about it. And I do eat seasonal fruit. So like pineapple, mangoes, local honey, because I have some really strong allergies, um, like hay fever and stuff. Uh, so, and haters, you know, allergic to those. So that's, that's my diet, man. A lot of water. Um, yeah. Very similar in that regard. And down in Texas, I, yeah, we, in Houston, I know my butcher in Red yeah. <laughs> and, and similar, similar sizes, you know, there as well. Um, you're also, again, you're transparent with everything in Israel, but let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that guys don't want to talk about sometimes, or maybe have a little bit of, of stigma. Mm. Okay. Skin care, like skincare, fashion, like you touched on on Botox, Brotox the the other yeah. day, yeah. Um, you know, and just again coming out with these things, and and I don't know if you've talked about it or where you stand. Even guys, particularly even in middle age, and, and you get things like TRT, and I get asked about that all the time. On it, not on it. I am, I'm outspoken on it, and have been for for a year, you know, right yeah. now. But I'm curious your take on. I don't love the term anti-aging. I like the term age, you know, embracing aging, but battling it as much as we possibly sure. can. Just your take on like what your, your routine is to look the best and feel the best. Yeah, you can. Let's, let's run it down. All right. So, uh, Brotox and I just call it Brotox cause I'm a bro. Uh, I have, I've gotten Brotox for a long, I've getting, I've been getting Botox for a number of years, um, every quarter. So like I literally just got it two days ago as a refresher uh, TRT, I've been on since 2016 when I went septic. Uh, I went sub 40 with testosterone and my body couldn't naturally rebound from it. It almost killed me. So I've been on, uh, I take 200 milligrams of testosterone cyprinate every single week. So that's a CC. Um, keeps me camped out. I would say probably around eight, 900. Um, that's that's where I'm at with that. As far as fashion, I love a good cut suit. So uh, is listen, there, there's a few people that you need in your life as a man, uh, a really good woman, a really good barber, a really good accountant, and a really good tailor. So uh, I exclusively I wear suits from Suit Supply. They are my favorite. Uh, I have a tailor here that cuts everything specific to me. Um, again, I, I wear suits a lot with what I do. And, and so I think you, you look good, you speak good, you know, that, that leads you to, to feel good. So. Man, very, very similar support. Everything you just yeah. said there. I just actually having a love suit supply. I just rocked one of their new suits on stage last week in Detroit. Yeah. Big and took fantastic. Um, I've got one on, I've got one on delivery. It'll be here tomorrow. I've got a brand new, it's like a cream off-white sartorial linen suit. Mm. They they had this new kind of um, now I can geek out on this stuff. It's kind of like a stretchy. It's almost like a little twill. It feels almost yeah. like an athletic kind of kind okay. of. Suit. And it's so I, well, it's so good for the stage when you want right. movement. You sure, know, you wear it with sneakers and not slip yeah. and not worry about the whole thing. It's like okay, that's that's what I want. So now I got to go. It's they've got these they've got these like suede slides that are like a cream color. They're my go-tos now. They're so comfortable and they, they, they'll work with pretty much anything. I wear a lot of things where I'd wear black more leaning towards like Brown. So I wear a lot of blues, a lot of greens, a lot of maroons. Um, and man, these shoes are, 
They're, they're amazing. They're so they tried to push me towards that. I think the last time I was in, I they're like a, like almost like a mock moccasin yeah. style. Yep, slides. couldn't get over that hurdle because normally I rock. Um, I wear Greats brand sneakers. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like super simple, super clean yeah. that I wear with with most of the stuff there. Okay. Or I still have these like Prada brogues that give me a little bit of extra polnit, you know, a little bit of extra height Dude, and stuff. I, too, listen, I are, get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. my main are Allen Edmonds. So mm-hmm. I've got, I've, you, you would not want to see my closet. I got a lot of Allen Edmonds and then I've got uh, a few pairs of Gucci and I just like the way that they feel and the way that they look, not the over, like overdone with a lot of colors on them. I'm not a fan of that, uh, but just understated. They're just very well-made and um, I really like them. So. Very, very, very cool. Um, I know you're a musician also. The last of my F's and it's, not last should probably yeah. be first. Okay. is fun. You know? Yeah. And for a while, and I'll just tell you candidly, we debated and I was debating about, you know, where does fun fit in? You know, when we're, when yeah. we're talking about being serious and in these real things now, and what, and one thing I've found, and I really want to embrace and put it out. There's a lot of guys are just not having enough fun again, particularly in middle age or, or they're going up way too fast. They're getting old fast. So they're not having fun. At, at all. So I wanted to leave it in. I want to front load the fun. I think it's something we need yeah. to have. What do you do for fun? I know you got guitars behind you and everything else. And what's, what's fun? Bro, my whole life is fun. Honestly. Like I know that sounds <laughs> really uh, maybe markety, but man, I have fun. I laugh every single day. Um, we, we have fun in this house every day we t- turn on loud music and dance we i'll go we'll go longboarding and instead i'll be on a scooter uh every evening i love to go to the pool for fun i love to go see my friends and have a great time i'll take that with me that travels with me pretty much everywhere uh i love to make music you know uh that was a big part of uh, my professional life for a decade and so singing playing music that's really fun to me um yeah, I, literally go, going out and eating is fun. Um, we, we have fun in everything that we do. We take road trips all the time. We travel quite a bit. You know, we've, we've been afforded the opportunity to be able to do that. And so, uh, you know, we may like Stet and I may head to Dallas tonight um, just for the weekend to go to Six Flags and like Hurricane Harbor and stuff. Um, dude, every day gets to be an adventure and creating fun out of really normal experiences as well. We're real big into board games. Um, we love not being on our phones and, and just being present with each other. That's why we love music. That's why we like road trips because we get to talk and do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we like being outside a whole lot. You know, Stet and I, uh, we are always out throwing a baseball or we're out adventuring and, you know, going to creeks and fishing and, uh, again, I'm from Oklahoma. Like, fun for us is really simple. Like, it it is. It's let's go grab some fish poles and you know walk down to the pond and let's fish. So mm. every day gets to be an opportunity to have fun. That that is awesome. Um, you mentioned being super competitive. Certainly, whether it's kind of on the performance <laughs> and athletic side. Uh, yeah. Any any competitions or anything you're thinking about doing on the horizon? Are you still doing any of that stuff? Whether it's, you know, a, a functional fitness thing or a mountain you want to climb, like, does that stuff, you know, make its way into your, into your calendar? Not, not necessarily. Um, not for any other reason that then like I compete with myself so much every day and I am in great shape. 
that there isn't anything that like, I feel like I need to prove even to myself, like to me, proving consistency day in and day out is a greater challenge than going and doing like a Spartan race one time. Cause mm-hmm. I know we're out of shape that'll do that. And I'll like push through and they'll make it or that like guys that do 75 hard and on day 76, they're back to drinking and they gain 10 pounds. And I'm like, what was the point? Like the whole point was to create a new set of, of habit structures. So for me, like the challenge, like the real challenge is how long am I committed to maintaining who it is that I say that I am? Mm. So good. Cody Jefferson, thank you so much for being on the Midlife Mail podcast with it's me. Been fun. It's been a blast. <laughs> this week. Yeah, this is this has been a blast, man. So uh I will have to throw some challenges out there with you, some data stuff, whether it's heart rate related, challenge wise in there. So many similarities on things could absolutely chop this up with you um, for a long time. How do people find you? Not that you are hard to find, you're out there. For those of you who are not already following and know exactly where where Cody is, what's what's the best way? So, I mean, you can go to CodyJefferson.com. That's a pretty simple way. I would say I am most active if we're talking like social platforms on Instagram. So it's Cody underscore Jefferson. Uh, you can follow me there. Listen, I feel like everybody's got a story. So if you want to share yours with me, uh, please just shoot me a voice memo. Let me let me hear your story. I love it. I respond to everybody who reaches out. It might take me a few days because we do we do field quite a few messages. Uh, but I, I guarantee you that I will respond to you and, and would love to hear more about who you are, what you're up to in the world and, and how I can serve you in any way. So, so good. Cody, thank you so much for being on the program today. This was a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, and and you're out there kind of leading and living by example and your message. And it's so cool to, to check out and to spend some time with you. So thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Guys, I am back next week. Every single week, Midlife Mail Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating. Leave us a good review and share the show with your friends. Take it easy. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the Work With Me page to explore options. Kia SUV is capable of taking you far. But when you use it locally to help your community, you go even further. Whether that's carrying cargo, bringing your team with you, ready, or navigating new terrain. Power up your capability with the right Kia SUV. Do more with the Kia Sportage, Kia Telluride, Kia Sorento, or Kia Seltos. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely.